Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Sox Deep Dives. Job Goddard, Charlie Smith, back with me for this episode. We're going to get into some comments that... Hein Bloom made during his media session. And then in the second half, we will do the state of the playoff race, how we feel about where we are, and some of the teams that are currently competing with us in various scenarios. So that's kind of the layout for this show. Should be very entertaining. And we're just going to get it out of the way super quick. So. Quick sponsor timeout, Charlie. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-the-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Very I'm good. Be honest, I can't tell if he practices that in front of the mirror in the morning or if he's just that <laughs> good, Terry. But I think we might need a new co-host for this show pretty soon. Manscaped's going to hire him for some kind of like big publicity campaign. You know, he's got a face for radio, but he's got a voice for radio, too. <laughs> he's on yeah, my no thanks, trade Jeff. list, so unfortunately, he's oh, going to have yeah, to stay. I'm stuck here. Lifetime contract. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's kind of like a hostage situation, like um, like Arenado was in, in Colorado. We're just not giving him up for literally nothing. So, yeah. All right. So. Bloom had some comments in a media session, kind of a tumultuous week. Uh, a lot of COVID stuff was addressed as well as the team. So, Joe, go ahead. What were your takeaways? So my, my primary takeaway from this was I really wish Larry Lucchino was at this press conference. I don't know if either of you saw the press conference in its entirety, but the Red Sox media people made a mistake in uploading the content. And they didn't upload just the 20-minute interview with Hein Bloom. They uploaded the 10 minutes prior to that where Hein Bloom is having a discussion with Sam Kennedy about how to approach the media in this little uh, segment here. And Hein Bloom didn't come off like a scumbag. So I was just like, oh, I really wish... Larry Lucchino was on there dropping F-bombs and talking about how much he hates the media because it would have made it so much more fun to have this show tonight. But my primary takeaway from the whole thing, Bloom is upset with the state of the Red Sox and not for the same reasons as the rest of us. 
he's upset because these guys that he is saddled with are not conforming to his model. And his model was lose till July, sell all the contracts, and rebuild it my way. That That's my, my Heimblum takeaway from this press conference, my primary one. My secondary one is I love the Boston media because if you saw that press conference, before Heimblum even starts speaking, Johnny, whose voice is iconic, right? He's got laryngitis. Um, jumps in and goes, Heim, what the hell's going on with the team and COVID? Like, why, why do all these guys have COVID? And do you have a statement on that? And I, I thought Heim Bloom actually handled those questions pretty well regarding the COVID outbreak. But to try to blame the free fall of the 2021 Boston Red Sox on these five games with COVID is a New York Mets, Cleveland Indians, San Diego Padres style answer. Like you're a big market team, and the fans won't let you get away with that crap. This team started failing at the deadline because Heimblum didn't want to invest in it. The team responded to that lack of investment with a lackluster two weeks, and it's Heimblum's fault we're not in first place. Terry, I kind of want to hear your take second because before this uh, took place, you each thought that you knew what the other one was going to say, and I think it's only fair that now you get to go second here. We were off. We were off a little bit. Um, okay, there, there's. I'm going to want to go in a different spot after I give this take. Um, one of the eye-opening comments that he gave to me was this I'm gonna I'm just gonna read it verbatim it says quote I wish everyone in our organization was vaccinated everyone in this organization that isn't vaccinated pains me he went on to He's say about one guy in particular so we might actually still have the same take here I think there's a couple no no we're gonna I'm gonna take it to a different spot but the, there is a second quote I have to read for I I give my theory um so he goes on to say, quote, I think that's going to be a convert. Oh, excuse me. He says, uh, this is not quoted, and then I'll get into the quoted. He goes, Heimblum says the baseball industry will need to talk about vaccination as a factor in roster construction. And then, in actually, in quotes, it says, I think that's a conversation that's going to have to be had in the industry and there's a lot of different levels to that conversation so where i think this might end up going is bloom sees all these unvaccinated players as a liability i think this is a horrible situation i i think this is a horror show for him to lose not only kike and arroyo last week but but barnes Arroyo, uh, excuse me, Barnes, Taylor, and Sawamora, who wasn't pitching well anyway, but still that's a, a key arm in the bullpen. And I'm wondering if this winter some of these unvaccinated guys are just cut. They're just released. They're not brought back. They're non-tendered. And he's going he's gonna to prioritize vaccinated players next year for the peace of mind 
going into 2022. So I can't, I'd like to name some names right now, but I can't do it because I don't know their vaccination status. I strongly suspect there are a few key players that, that Red Sox fans wouldn't want to lose. And so I don't I can think give they're you one. Be back. All right, go ahead. I give you one who's unvaccinated. Uh, it's been confirmed he's unvaccinated. We talked about him on last week's deep dives, and this is this was my takeaway. J.D. Martinez is not coming back next year. Like he's being forced out of this team by the acquisition of Kyle Schwarber. Like Kyle Schwarber is here. Oh, and there goes Charlie. We'll wait for a second while he comes back. But Heim Bloom brought in Kyle Schwarber who plays the exact same role as J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez is not an outfielder. He's a designated hit, as is Kyle Schwarber. He's not a first baseman like we've been sold on him. He's played a total of nine innings at first base this you know since the, this acquisition, and that's during fire drill. Like, if you can't trust him to play first base right now while literally everyone else is on the COVID list, when is he going to play first base? He's not. So... J.D. Martinez is one of those unvaccinated players. He's a leader on this team. And I think he's one of those contrary voices that Heim Bloom is directly taking a shot at when he says the people in our organization who aren't vaccinated, they pain me. And they are, you know, he didn't want to throw them under the bus and say they are the reason that we're going through this right now. But I absolutely think that's how he feels. Uh, he feels like J.D. Martinez and the other unvaccinated individuals, Christian Arroyo is one of those guys, will not contribute to this team the same way that they otherwise could because of their vaccination status. And so I think J.D. Martinez might be gone because of his vaccination status as much as his performance. Well, how do you how do you get rid of him? Because J.D. has the opt-out, so after that you have to release him or something, and then you're on the well, hook so, for his money. The, the assumption is they want him to opt out is, is kind of where I'm going with this. Gotcha. Like in, okay. in his ideal world, J.D. Martinez opts out and Kyle Schwarber's his guy. And I think in a very different way, like I don't know, Terry, I know you don't necessarily follow the Patriots the way that I do or, you know, the way that you follow baseball, but Bill Belichick had a press conference the same day. And he struck a very different tone. And he was like, no, vaccination status is not a, not something I considered when I was picking a quarterback and when I was releasing players for the 53-man roster. The exact opposite of, I think, everything that Heim Bloom was trying to tell the public. I saw those he quotes. Was absolutely on the, yeah. He was absolutely on the, you have to be vaccinated or I don't really want you here kind of wave. That's That's how I took it. And I think if you don't take it that way, you're not reading between the lines enough. He was very clear about his preference for players to be vaccinated because the number one thing, what is it we always say about Nate Evaldi and why he can't be a number one? Availability. Like availability is the number one factor in whether or not you deserve the big money, whether or not you're going to win games as a baseball team. You have to have your players available to go every night. And if the unvaccinated players on this team are now out for – 10, 15, maybe even 20 days in some cases because they continue to test positive, then you're at a competitive disadvantage. So I absolutely think Bloom is going to target vaccinated players next season. You know, it's crazy. Um, the quote that really stuck with me, Terry started reading it, but the fact that you have one of your presidents of baseball operations saying gut-wrenching 
and this is the state that we're living in. Um, no other team recently has had this kind of devastating, lasting effect. Mind you, the Red Sox are not losing games because these players are on COVIDcation, coronacation. The Red Sox were losing games well before that, and Terry and I had talked about this. They were crash crashing right back down to reality. You have a five-game lead. Now you find yourself 10 games out of first place. Luckily, now it's eight because Tampa Bay lost the last two to the Red Sox. We're not catching Tampa Bay. It's completely out of the question. We're not catching New York. That's out of the question. You're now um, treading water and praying that both Oakland and Seattle don't jump you. Um, well, I don't know about that. I'm sure we'll talk about that probably when we do like the state of the playoff race. What are your thoughts on like what Heim Bloom said as far as trying to pin this recent skid out of first place on COVID when you know we not all know that that's BS? No, it's complete garbage. It's not accurate at all because if that was the situation, then COVID would have been talked about three weeks ago when the Red Sox are choking games left and right. So no, I I don't think that's it. I but I, did you feel the way I feel like that that is a a New York Mets to Baltimore Orioles cop-out answer. You can't do that to the Boston media. Yeah, no, it's it's a cop-out response. And I think at this point, um, it's it's just the easy response to just give the media because it's, it's oh, the Red Sox just won two games and we're trying our hardest to stay afloat. But you're, you're bleeding out. You're a wounded animal, and it's obvious. And now other animals can smell can smell it. You're, you're struggling. I just want to say this. I don't personally care one way or the other if they are or they aren't. Those, that's just my thoughts, and, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that, that disagree with me, and that's fine. That's fine. That's that's why we're here. We're not here to give the same opinions and, and whatnot. But um, a you and I have different opinions, Terry. You know, like we that can happen. Yeah. People, people di- disagree on things, uh, and that might lead you might get some Twitter hate. For that you can find him at Cushman I already MLB. do. Yeah, I've, you can find him at Cushman MLB for all of that. Stuff. I've been mouthy on my personal account this week as far as you know politics and whatever. And if you're not into that, the bastards underscore Boston account is completely safe. No politics on that one. But um, but yeah, I just here's the thing: Kike Hernandez was vaccinated. Matt Barnes was vaccinated. Those were two breakout cases. I want to say Salamora was vaccinated, but I'm not positive. But so some of these are breakout cases. I don't know if Arroyo was or not. Um, we uh, One we can confirm that wasn't was Josh Taylor. And he was only sent away because he was a close contact, but because he was unvaccinated, he had to quarantine. So that's a disadvantage. That is kind of crappy because through no fault of his own, he he kind of has to quarantine because that's what the protocol dictates. Now, so he's gone, and so it's going to be a mess, and I think Job and I at least agree that some of these guys are going to be gone. I mean, is Josh Taylor going to be back next year? You know, I think two things. One, Heim Bloom now has a cop-out reason. Right. If he wants any of these guys gone to get clean books, well, guess what? All he has to say is, they weren't there when we needed them, we're moving on. And the fan base, a lot of people in the fan base will accept that because a lot of people in the fan base 
you know, are upset that the players don't have their vaccines, and they're upset that we're one of, if not the only, I think we might be the only playoff team, or currently, if the playoffs started today, that hasn't reached the 85% vaccination threshold for the 40-man roster. The other teams in it are all out of contention, so who cares? But if you lose Josh Taylor for 10 days because he has to quarantine, and then two weeks from now, on a separate instance, he gets COVID, well, then he could be out for the stretch. Like, we might not see him again till the season ends. And you absolutely, as a fan, have a right to be upset that he's not available. Hold on, wait. Question. Josh Taylor doesn't make the playoff team because of COVID. Are you saying that Josh Taylor not making the team is the reason why they wouldn't win? No, no, no. I'm saying that if Josh Taylor is unavailable for the playoffs because he's a COVID close contact, that's absolutely a reason that Heim Bloom might move on from him in the offseason. I don't necessarily think that Josh Taylor is the example, right? Because I think he's one of the few players that is both cost controllable and very talented. But if a guy like a uh, mid-tier player, right? Like a, a Christian Arroyo, who I know Heim Bloom loves, if he is not vaccinated and he is unavailable for the ALDS and whoever's at second base makes a critical error, that normally that's Arroyo's spot, right? He's the defensive guy. He doesn't make errors at second base. Absolutely, there's a chance that Heim Bloom goes, I'm not dealing with that headache in 2022. Like, I want guys who are going to get the vaccine, who are going to be available to me, because if you're not available, then it doesn't matter whether you are good or not. That's just my take. So, on it. so I think it's an easy way for Heim Bloom to clear the books. Yeah, what you're saying is he now has a built-in excuse if we don't make it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a possibility. Here, here's another thing, and maybe this is where we can kind of get into the, the playoff scenario talk. Let, let me just ask this before we get into it. What's an acceptable final result for you guys? Because I think we can all agree right now we're not going to win the World Series. Like, that's that's way out of the realm. But what's an acceptable result at the end of the season? Is making the wild card and losing, is that is that acceptable? Or do you have to get into at least the ALDS or maybe the World's, uh, excuse me, the American League Championship Series? So you got the Divisional Series, then you got the Championship Series. So what's what's acceptable to you guys? If you make the wild card, that's acceptable to me. Because this I team, think you have to win the wild card. That's that's your if you're lucky. I, I, I just to get there, your this team is overperformed from the start of the season. This is not a team that's going to win 90 games. The fact that they are doing as well as they have to only showcase you just how good, bad, whatever they are over the last couple of weeks should paint the whole picture. The Tampa Bay Rays are the only team that have had more come-from-behind victories than the Red Sox. And the Red Sox have had multiple cupcake wins that never should have been wins. They weren't wins for us. It was the other team losing. And that's why we got wins. You can only play who you who you play, Charlie. I mean, you can only play who's on the schedule. Right? It is so you can't control that. It is what it is. This team never was bound. Did you have them as a playoff contender? Did you have them even as a wild card this year? No, you did I, not. I did not. But no, nobody I, did except for Terry. I think, or actually, no. I think it was Terry and Andrew. Andrew. I didn't have us. 
I had and Andrew's losing. the only one. I had, yeah, I had yeah. us at 85 wins and missing the wild card. I, I had 78. But our expectation is not allowed to change. Because yeah. my expectations preseason is 85 wins and we missed the wild card by two games. My right prediction now, was... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go No, no, I'll let you finish. Okay. My prediction in July wasn't, oh, we're going to win the World Series. But absolutely going into the trade deadline, my expectation was... Bloom is going to make moves that make this team better, and now the bar is set much higher. right? You have a, f- a four-game lead in the division. You have 17 games coming up after the All-Star break in division. You can absolutely separate or collapse. We talked about it for weeks on the show. My expectations were much higher, as are all fans. Like If you overperform, is that suddenly not okay to expect more from this team? Heimblum had the opportunity to do add more, to do more, and he didn't. And so my expectations for this team in you know at the trade deadline were make the ALCS. Like that's it. That that's the bar. Because that was... that's how good the team has been. Well, so up until July. Well, let me just say, like Job, I mean my my expectations to start the season were lower than Job's, but by mid July. I, I'm thinking deep playoff run, not necessarily World Series, but I'm thinking a deep playoff run. And so at this point, if you lower the bar at this point from from a deep playoff run, it's because the team's underperformed. Our offense And you're has, letting them off the hook. Our offense has underperformed since mid-July. So the, that's a month and a half of just mediocrity. So to me... What my fear is, is Heim Bloom will declare victory by just making the playoff round as uh, the wild card round, excuse me, by getting into the wild one game wild card. I think Bloom is going to declare victory and call that a success. And to me, losing that game is a failure. You've got to at least go one round further at this point, based on the roster you had, based on the money you spent, we're right up against the luxury tax, if not barely over it at this point. So I think I think anything less than an appearance in the in the ALDS is a disappointment, and in all likelihood Tampa will win the one seed, so that is the matchup we would have. And if we get bounced by them, that would suck. But I'll be like, they are one of the best teams in the league, so I guess that's acceptable. But anything short of that to me is unacceptable. I think two things. One. You can't hold this team, as of right now, today, to the standards that we set in April. Because then they are a success. You should hold this team to the standards that they set for themselves, which was make a deep playoff run. And if Chris Sale goes up against Garrett Cole in game, in that one-game wild card, whether it's in Boston or in New York... The Red Sox need to win that game in order to declare this season a success to the fans. Because Heim Bloom, like surprise Heim, we're not in Tampa anymore. This is a big league ball club, a big market ball club, and we don't expect to just make the playoffs and congratulate ourselves. We are championship or bust in Boston. That's how we view things. That's how the media interprets things. If he comes out you know, after the season and says, well, 
you know, the beginning of the season, we didn't expect to make the playoffs, but we made the wild card, and that's a success. The entire Boston media and most of the Boston fans are going to be out on High and Bloom, and we'll all be like Dan Shaughnessy, as we should. Charlie, more thoughts? I mean, I, I, I started talking about this. Yes, you can totally have your expectations for um, the team change. But, I mean, I don't think anybody thought this team was going to be, you know, a, the darling of 2021. Um, I don't think that this team was going to make crazy, you know, deadline moves based on the fact that Heim Bloom didn't do anything during the offseason. This season was a bust because his expectations or his ideas, rather, for building a good team was by adding Garrett Richards and Martin Perez. That's where you fail. Re-adding Martin Perez, right? I mean, Martin Perez was already with the team, signed him for less money to come back. These only real acquisitions were Hunter Renfro, Garrett Whitlock in the Rule 5 draft, which admittedly has worked out fantastic, and, and Hunter Renfro and Garrett Richards. That's it. Garrett Richards should not have been the only option. Garrett Richards should not have been the one you signed. You're 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 hiring and signing these reclamation projects. They don't pan out, not as a starter. And it's just by the grace of God that Garrett Richards has refound himself in the form of a reliever. I was not shocked when we started losing games. I was not I was not shocked at all, actually. In fact, I said, there's a very good chance that we missed the playoffs by about two games. I have not moved on my stance. I do not think this team will be going to the playoffs because I think that this team will continue to lose games. There's a whole nother month, and other teams out there are hungry. They're fired up five days a week, not just when one pitcher in the rotation goes off. You got to have the same fire when Chris Sale's on there, Nick Pavetta, Nate Evaldi, Erod is out there. It's just not. And you're watching it. You're watching them have the fire once every five times. That doesn't cut it. It's not going to get it done. I'm a little bit more optimistic than Charlie, Terry, but not by much. This team needs to be better, and we're going to be doing some scoreboard watching here as we, we move forward. My my confidence in the pitching has has risen recently, you know, with the revelation of Richards and what he could possibly do with the pen. Maybe Whitlock, he he's pitched some ninth innings recently. Uh, we're getting Brazier back. We're getting Darwin's in back. Barnes will be back in a in a handful of days. So my my confidence is rising a little bit with the pitching, but I'm still pretty pessimistic with the offensive production and I mean you look at this Tampa series here I mean we score one run game one we put up five ironically five was the most we put up and that was in a losing effort and then we score three runs in game three on Wednesday and then in the series finale on Thursday we score four runs this isn't a robust offense they did just enough no but four is the magic number what is the magic number? I think we, we've lost 12 games this season when we score four runs, or now 13 with, with this game against Tampa. That's uh, about a 64% win percentage. Um, yeah, I, you I know, for most teams, and, and we hit at about 78%. Like, that is 
a big gap. And that's the reason that we're not buried in the standings with Baltimore. Well, our starting pitching was was at its best, and I, I think it's starting to get back to that level. But a, a lot of those stats were compiled in the first half when we had a great first half. So, and, and we had the pitching that that could kind of hold its own for a little while, at least in May and June. And I just, I would like to see more offense. And I think we can all agree that, that these guys are capable of so much more than what they've been giving us. So I want to start seeing that from them. And that's where my, my confidence kind of, slips a little bit i i don't know that we can hold this second spot and just so you guys know we're only a game and a half behind new york for the one spot i think it's going to be a home i think it's going to be a home wild card i really do i i have optimism in this team again which is ironic because two days ago i was pressing you know the red button the reason being is chris sale just gave you a stop erod gave you some momentum you got three against Cleveland. I already talked about how I think we can win two of those. And then all these guys are coming back. And when these guys come back, that's a shot in the arm. You're telling me that in, in 10 days' time when you get, or eight days' time, when Xander Bogarts and Kike Hernandez and Josh Taylor and Matt Barnes are all back on the club, that doesn't put pressure on the rest of these guys like hey like we survived that and we're still in the race hell yeah like that's that's the kind of belief factor that they have not had since Heim Bloom did nothing at the deadline and then on top of that i mean if you can get darwinson going and and have another lefty in the bullpen who's serviceable you look good charlie what do you have to say Cleveland Indians sweep the Red Sox. They just rock us. What's your thoughts? Are you need to take two of button? three from Tampa or it's over? That's it. Then, then the, the series games against Tampa become the you bigger games. Swe- you get swept. You lose two out of three against Cleveland. You lose two out of three against Tampa. What's your thoughts? The, the, the season's over and Hein Bloom needs to fire. You get fired. <laughs> yeah, that that won't happen. But, but that's not going to happen, right? We, <laughs> I know, that but I mean, happen. that's right. the, like I am very reactionary in that this team deserved more from Hein Bloom. No and kidding. So if they no under kidding. if they underperform, that's on Hein Bloom. Like Alex Cora can only do what he can do when every day. I mean, the lineup card is like which which double A prospect no one's ever heard of is going to come up and and be a starting shortstop for you today. Like Cora can't manage his way through this the way that he would like because he's, he doesn't have pieces right now. I, what I want what I want from you is consistency. I want a Chris Sale response from you. I don't want, oh, this team's going to make the playoffs and we're going to do this, but if we don't do this, then we're not. What is your gut instinct right now, regardless on wins or losses of a series? I want to know what you think. Okay, I, I think the Red Sox are, I I think the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs. Okay, I think it'll be that. close. And then that, I'm going to stick with that no matter what. But I'm, my my feelings as a fan, my emotion, my emotions are going to be riding high. And if we emotions, lose, I'm going to be pissed. emotions. Emotions overrule reason. I, I, I know. To think that's about my that. reasonable take is that I, I think the Red Sox will still make the playoffs here. Okay, that is your take. Okay, that, that's my take. I've I been will consistent say... with it for the last the last three weeks. Okay, so the Red Sox lose against Cleveland two out of three. They lose against Tampa Bay two out of three. They're still making the playoffs. You're confident. Yes. 
We have three okay. against New York. Oh, Amen. Perfect. Well, I'm saying. We, I'm saying. Go ahead, Charlie. I, I, I'm gonna say with this, regardless of these series, wins or losses, this will not be enough to propel them into a spot where they will be able to do damage. It is. It's too much. Too late. They will not make so, the playoffs this year. I, I, I know you're consistent with your take, Charlie. And a lot of my confidence comes from the end of our schedule here. Sure. I mean, if if it's close, as we as we get to the last ten days of the season, we have Baltimore for three and Washington for three. If we don't win five of those six games, like this team's already quit. Oh because yeah. We're ten games out. I agree. Those teams don't want to win. If no indication of winning, they, they'd rather have the draft pick, almost like the NFL. Like they don't want to win. And in that same time frame, the other teams that are in the playoff race are playing each other. They're playing good opponents. We have the easiest six games that we'll have all season in, in that stretch at the end of the season. So if we can stay close, I, that's where I think we close the gap and, and can make the playoffs. Now, if this COVID outbreak's not over and Chris Sale suddenly gets COVID, well, then it's just season over. It's you know Then it's chalk it up because you can't lose your leader um like that and your your workhorse in, in my opinion this red sox team right now is playing with a little less confidence than they should and that is on high blue like i understand not wanting to spend money i understand not wanting to go over the tax because the owners make that call and high can only do what he can do all but right to not invest in this team is a problem terry what are your thoughts I'm on the fence, and I've been on record very recently saying I don't think the Red Sox are a playoff team. We have a tough schedule. We have a very tough schedule. The matchups are a little wonky for this Cleveland series. I'm cautiously optimistic we'll take two out of three. I don't know what we're going to do against Tampa in the next series, but that's a three-gamer at Fenway. Then we've got the White Sox. Then we've got Seattle. Those are scary. And Seattle at home, I'm a little nervous about going out west. So I just, I'm going to stay, I'm I'm leaning, we're not getting in. We're not getting in. What kind of gives me a little bit of hope, though, is the Mariners have a tough schedule where they have to face Oakland twice, which means Oakland has a tough schedule because they're playing each other. Um, and they, Seattle also has the Mar- uh, the Astros in there. That schedule, that, matchup might be going right now actually as we speak so or starting and Seattle tomorrow. has the Astros they have uh the A's yeah the Yankees have they have the Yankees uh the Yankees have the A's and they have the Blue Jays who people have sleep on but they're still a great offense it's a tough and schedule so, to me you know those teams not only is it a tough schedule for the A's and not only is it a tough schedule for the Yankees but they're playing each other they can only pick up so much ground so if we can not play ourselves out. I don't know that they can play themselves in. They, they have to play just as tough a schedule as we do. And the Yankees just lost four in a row as well. So I think that should be noted. Uh, also, I'm looking through Oakland here. They have a very tough schedule. This is how they go for September. Uh, Blue Jays, White Sox, Rangers, which played us tough. So I don't know how they're going to play them. That's a division rival, though. Uh, they've got three at Kansas City. That's a cupcake series. Three at Anaheim. I think they're dangerous on any given day. Um, then Oakland plays Seattle. 
And then Houston, then Seattle again. I'm not going to flip. There's one more series in October. So both West Coast teams have tough schedules. The Yankees are sputtering right now. Red Sox have a little bit of momentum. We haven't lost a series in four in a row. So there, there is a pathway. I can't have, I guess I'm just going to wrap my thoughts with this. I can't have a strong take either way. The how we're sitting on September 2nd. I can't say strongly we're definitely going to miss. I can't say strongly we're going to we're going to get in. It's really tough. And, and like Job said, we're going to be scoreboard watching and there's going to be tons of scenarios in play. It's going to be it's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to do these guys come back from COVID healthy or do they come back and suck? Like there's a good chance these guys come back and they're weaker and they can't pitch two innings and they can't hit the ball out of the ballpark and it dies on the warning track because they basically had uh, an intense version of the flu for two weeks. Um, And then there's, you know, that's outside, you know, beyond the fact we hope no one gets really sick, right? That's great. You know, lesson one, hope one is no one gets violently ill. Agreed. Hope two is everyone comes back and is in playing shape. And that's a, a prayer because we watched it happen with Anthony Rizzo. We've watched it happen with players across the league. Guys who get sick, they come back and their timing struggles and some of them suck. And if all these guys come back and they are not in full stride, it's going to be tough. But under the assumption that this team can weather that storm, I think the momentum of getting some of these guys back could push you to the playoffs. I really do. We could have them back before the start of the Tampa series if we're really lucky, maybe on Sunday. Um, so well, they'll come back in waves, right? Xander Bogarts is out for another two series. We won't see him until after Tampa, just based on the math. We can't see him for eight more days. But everybody else, with the exception of, I guess, Yairo Munez, uh, is eligible to come back the last day of the Cleveland series. So we could see everybody else back. We could have a full bullpen for that Tampa series. Yeah, that's the Nick Pavetta game. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, we're in flux. The narrative, the the temperature in the room changes with each series. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of miraculous. We salvaged a split with Tampa without some of our best players. So we'll, we'll see. We're going to wrap on this note. We'll be back on Sunday night to – I'm pretty sure – oh, actually – Joe, are you available on Sunday or no? If you're not, no big deal. Uh, I don't believe so, but I can check. Okay. Yeah, well, get back to me on that. We have a, we do have an open slot because Charlie uh, is uh, got some uh, obligations. So. Um, so one way or the other, Jason and I will be back possibly with a guest co-host. That will be Sunday again to cover hopefully a win in Cleveland series. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care.